Good evening, everyone. So, and welcome. <laughs> so we'll ask for questions tonight, and um, first we'll ask: Is anybody, any of the younger people, have any questions? What kind of crazy thing your parents have you involved in here? <laughs> any of you have any thoughts about anything? This philosophy questions. This is a good chance to ask. Anything. You don't have to, but <laughs> give you the first opportunity. So if uh, in the course of any other discussion something comes up, don't feel shy to ask. Sometimes people feel, what do they, they feel that um, They have a stupid question. Right? It's stupid not to ask that question. <laughs> That's the most stupid thing. So, otherwise, anyone else as well? Maharaj, we hear that the Vaishnava is um, part of the Kaduki, but we also hear that a learned sage does not lament for the living or the dead. So, could you kind of distinguish between Vaishnava compassion? and what might be confused or switched up with lamentation for other suffering? When Ramchandra was at the bedside of um, his guru, Madhavendra Puri, Madhavendra Puri was lamenting in separation from Krishna in the in the in the extended bhava of Radha. Hmm. This is said to be the kind of the seed of the Bodhi Vaishnava possibility, um, possibility that um, is fully played out and distributed by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm. And we talked a little bit about this last night, Gopi Bhav. Hmm. And so it comes in Madhavendra Puri, who is the guru of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's guru, Ishvar Puri. And Ishvar Puri, his godbrother was Ramchandra Puri. And so in a very exalted uh, state of transcendental uh, lamentation, which, as you're pointing out, is not characteristic, lamentation that is, not characteristic of one um, steeped in spiritual life, the Gita says, Brahmabhuta prasanatma nasochati nakangshati samat sarveshu bhuteshu. Hmm. Or it says, Madbhaktim labhate param. But the nasochati nakangshati, it's describing the characteristics of um, basic kind of what we call like 101 authentic spiritual life. No hankering, no lamentation. Because material life consists of hankering after something and lamenting when it's gone, or lamenting that it doesn't live up to the hankering, that and and so on, or um, anyway, this kind of back and forth, hankering and lamenting, is a way that we might characterize uh, material life. So spiritual life is free from such hankering and lamenting, free from attachment and so forth. Hmm? So it's a good question because the idea that there would be hankering. That someone would be spiritual seems to be contradictory, right? So I 
have gone in the, in the immediate to the example of Ramchandra Puri, who was a godbrother of Ishvar Puri, Ishvar Puri being the guru of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Madhavendra Puri being the guru of Ishvar Puri and Ramchandra Puri. So on his, um, in his final days in the world, Madhavendra Puri was bedridden and Ishvar Puri was tending to him in a menial way. Hmm? And Ramchandra Puri st- stopped by <laughs> and uh, he, in- he heard the uh, this kind of um, lamenting of Madhavendra Puri, which again is a transcendental lamentation of, in this instance, um, uh, comparable to say, Radha's lamentation for Krishna in separation from Krishna. And not understanding this uh, point, um, uh, he instructed his guru that this is not the time for lamenting. Hmm. You shouldn't lament at this time, at any time, but especially now. Hmm. You know, you have to. You want to know why he would do something like that, but uh, of course, these people are all somehow or other in the lila and being moved in different ways. But also, the lineage of Madhavendra Puri um, is one, like many of the associates of Mahaprabhu who are, san- who are sannyasis and senior to him in age and and uh, in terms of uh, their commitment to renounced order and so forth were. Um, um, affiliated in some way with the prominent mission of of uh, Shankar, and uh, the good, probably the one of the earliest examples of what I'm speaking about is uh, is Sridhar Swami, who was a famous commentator of the Bhagavatam of old that Mahaprabhu appreciated very much. He was the head. Um, Mahant at the Jagannath Puri Math of Shankaracharya. It's listed in the record records of their um, charges. Um, Shankar had four moths, four monasteries. One of them was in Jagannath Puri, and his, uh, um, other than the the sannyasins, the renunciates, the mystics, the religious sector of Shankar's uh, group is the. Um, what do, you, what do you call them? The um, smart the Brahmins, and they're on. They're the pujaris for the Jagannath temple. They're not. They're not Shuddha-bhaktas, They're Advaitins. But there's this. There's a. This is the one school of Advaita where they factor bhakti in. This one moth. Hmm? So they factor bhakti into their pursuit of Nirvishesh Brahma and and. Um, um, they can be somewhat successful. They can be. Uh, well, let's say they can get Brahma Sahuja. I don't want to go into the the problems with Advaita's idea of the Advaitin idea of of Brahma Sahuja. Well, it's one in which the the individual Atma ceases to exist, and it's one in which the the idea of an individual Atma is thought to be an illusion. But that not being the case from our perspective, nonetheless, there is a possibility for what we call Brahma Sahuja to merge into. Nirvishesh Brahma, you don't lose your status, but it seems like you, you're you the only one there, or something like that. <laughs> so anyway, um, they uh, uh, factor bhakti into the into the equation, 
and um, as much as they don't disrespect bhakti, obviously, then which is nirguna, then they they have within their practice a nirguna influence, which is required for going beyond the gunas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, that said, um, Sridhar Swami also uh, wrote his commentary on the Bhagavatam, which is which is except in which he acknowledges what we call the sarup shakti, this internal shakti of Brahman, which implies movement within Brahman, within the Absolute. Hmm? The implication of which is lila, love requires some movement, and, and an object of love, and a lover, and the two becoming one in a, a dynamic way, and so on and so forth. So, um, Jiva Goswami looks at Sridhar Swami's contribution in the form of the Bhagavatam as a as a kind of the way we look at Shankar in relation to Buddhism. So Buddhism rejected the Vedic ritualistic um, perspective where rituals were performed for the sake of material gain, for example. The Gita mentions this, that what? Trigunya Vishaya Veda. Mostly the Vedas are dealing with Prabhati Marg, the path of material acquisition, hmm? material improvement, and, and so forth. Of course, the beautiful way in which it does that uh, is, is that it factors in some giving. Hmm? You have to give to, to, to get there. So it, it teaches the, the, this, this lesson of giving, hmm? sacrificing in order to get. It's, it's, it's very sophisticated um, and very gradual kind of uh, system for taking the uh, Acquiring propensity that we all have to gain, to get more, and think we'll become more by that, in a way that we can get more and and see through it uh, in due course. So you can go all the way to heaven and live forever, and then you come down again. <laughs> and so you know you can figure it out after a while, hopefully. And there's a little bit of Vishnu Bhakti in there because in Varnashram is worship of all the gods and goddesses representing different different aspects of our own psychology and our physiology, our health, worship the sun god, hmm. for, for this, for that, for the other thing, worship of so many gods. That's what Krishna is speaking about against in the end of the Gita. Stop worshiping all the gods. Amal may come, me only. That means stop with the Varnashram stuff and all the gods, me alone. Hmm. Um, but in the worship of all the gods and goddesses, if you will, Vishnu is included within Varnashram. So there's a little Vishnu Bhakti in there, un- unbeknownst to those who are engaging in it. And so that makes the whole of the Karma Marg fruitful. So, how did we get there? So, anyway, um, uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, but what I was saying is that uh, Buddha rejected this. This karma marg, pravritti marg, path of acquisition. He saw the futility in that, that with his wisdom, in that it couldn't bring an end to the suffering that pervades material life. <coughs> we suffer, he said, from thirst, trishna, a thirst for things. If you want something, you got to suffer. You got to move. If you don't want anything, why move? You could be content. But we want things, we have desires, we thirst for things. And it's, it's because we're identified with the body, the body has needs. 
we've identified with it, those needs, so we're working and busy and so on and so forth. So he had a very radical approach to to that, uh, uh, to, uh, to stop thirsting, stop desiring, hmm? sit under the tree, the Bodhi tree. Not an easy easy path, um, but then he gave some some way of movement, eightfold noble path, um, and um, so on. But at any rate, um, in making his um, teaching his doctrine, there's a rejection of the Veda. Now it's really a rejection of the Karmakanda section of the Veda, but he did it with a broad did it with a broad stroke, so the whole thing is kind of thrown out. That's why he's called Nastika, uh, from the point of view of the Vedantins and other schools of the, the darshans of India, the, 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 Shank, the uh, Sankhya, Yoga, Vaisheshika, Karma Mimamsa, Vedanta, and so forth. Hmm. The, uh, the atomists, what are they called? Anyway, all of them. Um, the Buddha is like on the outside here because he rejected the Veda revelation. Hmm. Um, so in comes Shankar hmm, and we see that he brings in a Buddhist-like notion of ultimate reality that at the same time derives from the Veda. But now this is from the, from the section of the Veda that that deals with the Nibhirti Marg, the path of renunciation, rather than the path of acquisition, so the Gyan Marg. Hmm? Right? When Krishna says in the Gita, and I cited it earlier, Trigunya Vishaya Veda, the Vedas deal mostly with the three gunas, he says, Nistrigunya Babarjuna, near Dvandva Nitya Satvastodir Yoga Chemahatmavan. What does he say later in the eighth chapter of the Gita? Ananyas Chintayantomam. Same words are used there, some of them. So Krishna goes right to bhakti, the bhakti khanda, ananda khanda, we call it. There's the karma khanda, the jnana khanda, and ananda khanda. Ananda khanda. Paramakaruna pahunvijana nitai gora chandra sabhabhuta sarashirumani kevala Anandakanda. So they came to give Anandakand. Hmm? This is bhakti. Their hmm? love is the center. Hmm? Ananda is the center. Chit and Sambit, they serve the Ananda. Instead of Ananda serving the Sat. Hmm? Yeah. You understand? I've given an example before. If you love someone, then your what more do you need to know? Hmm? And also, in terms of where you will reside, it's not that significant. Hmm? You are living in one another, so to speak. So I'm saying sat and chit, sat being existence, chit meaning knowing, they're subordinated by loving. Hmm? They're not as significant. At the same time, that sat and chit that corresponds with with love being in the center, that is the most beautiful existence and the most beautiful kind of knowing. That's why Vrindavan is like from a from a sat point of view, existence, Sandini, hmm, 
it's not like Vaikuntha. It's like some little village out somewhere. You know, they don't know anything out there. Their chit is not like it's not like Uddhava from Dwarka, Shastravid. He knows everything. Hmm? They don't know anything hmm? there, and they don't have big palatial buildings and a metropolitan, you know, in a, uh, surrounding. And there's no big what is that council in Dwarka? Krishna goes to every day, listens to the board meeting. He gets bored at the meeting. <laughs> What's my role here? He says. <laughs> so um, they don't have that in Braj. So from the, this is a way of saying that the, the, the chit and the sat aspects are subordinate to the ananda, and they don't look as overtly manifest. But at the same time, that place and that knowing that arises out of a love-centered um, reality is is the most complete knowing and the most comfortable place um, to live. Right? It may not look very comfortable to live under a rock, but if you got your beloved there, then right, let the city burn down. <clears throat> so, so Anandakanda. Um, Krishna says in the Gita, he doesn't he doesn't go to the Gyan Kanda. That's pretty interesting. He says Trivedi Vishab. He's talking to Arjuna. He says because Arjuna has given an argument uh, in the first chapter that, uh, that 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 from from the Karma Kanda really, the Varnashram, why he shouldn't take up the uh, the task at hand and so forth. So in one sense, yes, Krishna appears to start in his talk with Gyan Kanda. Hmm? But uh, that you're not the body, and so forth. Hmm? But we see he, he does it in the context of really talking about Anandakanda, because he says, "Triguni vishayabeda nistriguni bhavadri nirbandva sat nitsatva so niryoga chemaatmavan." He's saying, you t- "Take up this ananyas chintayanto mam, this type of yoga chemam bahami hum, this kind of yoga that I take care of you, I protect you, um, bhakti." Hmm? So he goes right to. Anandakanda, from Varnashram to Anandakanda. He doesn't go through Gyanakanda in that sense. So it's a beautiful um, idea. And uh, that's what, of course, really cited Lochandas, his song is saying this, that this is the dispensation of Gaur Nityananda. They're given the Anandakanda, uh, and so on. But um, somehow we wandered there from talking about Sridhar Swami and his affiliation with the moth and in um, in, uh, in 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 Puri, and from there, it reminded me of uh, in terms of how Jiva Goswami looks at Sridhar Swami and his contribution from his Bhagavatam commentary. It reminded me of the Buddha and how Shankar hmm, uh, presented some Buddhist-like idea that, at the same time, put the revelation of the Veda back in 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 the uh, Sites of the people um, as as a place as as a, as a standard of knowledge, uh, uh, and he posited as the Vedas do a supernatural uh, that, that that is not posited, for example, in uh, in uh, in Buddhism. So, a Buddhist-like kind of teaching, like Buddha's, like um, how would you say it? His nirvana is like um, hmm, like. Uh, like like nowhere or something, you know, you're going to go nowhere. 
um, the nowhere is everywhere or something. Shankar is more like there is a place, but there's no lights on. There's nothing going on there. Hmm. There is a place, but there's nothing going on. So you know, it's kind of similar. <laughs> the Vaishnavas say there is a place. There's an eternal light on, and there's something going on here too. <laughs> As in, and ultimately, it's uh, dancing, so a move, lot of movement. So, as anyway, um, Buddha. Uh, we look at these persons as as all of their. We don't look at all of their teachings as being um, necessarily doctrinal, but in some respects strategic, given the time and the circumstance. So. Uh, there's an argument to be made from the Pali Canon of the Buddhists that the Buddha's idea that there is no Atma, Anatma, was not an actual metaphysical position that he took, but a strategy that he employed because his main focus was destroy the false ego. And he thought, that's enough. Deal with that. Do that. And if there's anything beyond that, he said, that's not our issue because the suffering is coming from the false ego and its attachment. But what about if there... No, don't, don't just focus on that. The implication of it, which would be, if you do that, then there's other possibilities that come to the fore. But he didn't want to complicate the issue and so on. So anyway, as um, um, Shankar takes kind of a Buddhist like perspective to with a point of bringing into the picture the Veda again and so forth. Similarly, Jiva Goswami says, Sridhar Swami wrote his Bhagavatam commentary. He came out of the Shankar Moth and Puri and he became influenced by Vaishnavism. Hmm? And he became actually a Vaishnava and it's apparent through his commentary. Hmm? He leaves some places in there where it sounds Advaitin-like. Hmm? But if you look carefully at it, then Jiva Goswami described it as something like bait. Attract the Advaitins, you know, come in and then find out about the Sarup Shakti and movement in Brahman and so on and so forth. So in use Prabhupada's analogy, in like a needle and out like a plow. So you understand, it's a little bit of strategy for the, for the preaching on the part of... Uh, Sridhar Swami. So I bring up Sridhar Swami in relation to our discussion because he is a prominent person who um, prior, much prior to the advent of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his associates is an example of someone affiliated formally with Advaita but coming to Bhakti and and he doesn't change his name or uh, and so forth. So you have Madhavendra Puri, you have Keshva Bharati, you have Ramananda Puri, these uh, um, sannyasi associates of Mahaprabhu, there many of them are, are, are affiliated formally with the Shankar Sampradaya, but came under the influence of Vaishnavism. So Ramchandra Puri is one of the disciples of Madhavendra Puri, but he didn't apparently, you know, come to the Vaishnav uh, conception, and so at the time of the passing. Of Madhavendra Puri, when he's lamenting in the bhava of in Gopi Bhav, hmm? Ramachandra Puri says, "Stop lamenting. Hmm? You're not supposed to lament. Nasochati nakachati. What's going on here, Gurudev? 
you're leaving the world and you're lamenting. And so he didn't understand Vaishnavism. Vaishnavera Kriyamudra Bhuja, which is not easy to understand uh, because it's it's the Gyanmarg is as I've often said, it cancels out knowledge, cancels out action, just like action cancels out cancels out knowledge. If you're acting according to the karma marg, pariti marg, you're ignorant because you're chasing after things for an enduring life that don't endure. So, if you have knowledge, then you 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 leave the karma marg, and you become a contemplative. So the contemplative doesn't act. He's not within the the varnashram. He's on the the outer rim of it, and he's no longer subject to the rules of dharma. Now, this is an important point to consider for all of you. If the jnani, sannyasi, is not subject to the rules of the Varnashram, being beyond it, what to speak of the Vaishnava? Hmm? Nonetheless, of course, we honor it. It's a system of Krishna, as I said, the karmakanda. It's, it's meant for most people, and it's very wise and so forth, and we're very careful to speak about it in a way to point out the differences without making any offense to the path, because it's a nam-aparad to do that, hmm? to bless being the Veda, part of the Veda. The three quarters of it is about the karma marg. Hmm? And the gyan marg is there. So they have their place for people who have adhikara for that, eligibility for that, and so forth. So we honor it, and at the same time we try to share the Anandakandas as far and as wide as we, we can, because it's the nature of the Anandakanda. It shares itself. Love wants to share itself. That's just its nature. It wants to, you know, share itself. <laughs> what can I say? There was, I didn't see it, but somebody told me about it, and I've said it before, and it just reminds me of this point. There's an actor you may know named Tom Cruise, and he fell in love with some... I don't know some some other lady who was who was who, who was her Katie name Holmes. Katie Holmes <laughs> and, and apparently Tom Cruise was Katie Holmes's like childhood idol you know like she fell in love with him on a poster you know when she was younger so anyway they he fell in love with her later on and they eventually married and of course now they're divorced but anyway <laughs> <laughs> but he was on a, some show maybe it was Oprah or something like that and they were talking about you know. So you and Katie, you know, and he just went like he got, I think he got up on the couch and started jumping around or something like he was in love and he went, you know, he just like had to share it kind of thing and it didn't make any sense and people thought a lot of plays but that's so love wants to share itself and then it you know it, it finds it that not everybody can appreciate it then it contracts also hmm? so the Vaishnavas they go out they try to share everything and then they come back oh God. <laughs> Stay by myself and chant Hare Krishna. <laughs> and then again, let me try again. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so the Vaishnav um, uh, is therefore a, a as, uh, as uh, uh, if we say, Vaishnavera Kriyamudra Bhagnana Bhutta, difficult to understand because the, while the jnani is a contemplative, fasting, the Vaishnava is feasting, which is like it's what ordinary people do. What's for dinner? You know, when are we going to eat, Mom? You know, when are you going to learn to cook, honey? You know, <laughs> we <laughs> could reply too sometimes. But um, so the, the Vaishnava, from the Gyanis' point of view, 
may look like a karmi. He's doing upasana, worship, like the others are worshipping the gods, and worshipping Vishnu or whatever, and he's moving in the world, maybe even doing uh, many ordinary things, but of course he's driven or she's driven by a, a different motive hmm? in service to Bhagawan, and, and while it looks similar, it's not. I mean, what would be a better example than Krishna Leela? It looks like samsara, so nirvana is samsara. Samsara is nirvana. Hmm. Look at Vrindavan. People attached to their cows, their land, their one another. Hmm. And this is what your questions are really about, right? We talk about renunciation, but our ideal is people who are very attached to one another. Hmm. They're all attached to Krishna and they're all attached to one another also. Hmm. So it seems contradictory, right? Hmm. It's peculiar. So therefore, Vaishnavism, it's, 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 this is a little, you got to look a little deeply here. Therefore, Bhagavatam tells us what? Nasta praeshu abhadreshu nityam bhagavata seva, nityam bhagavata seva, nityam bhagavata seva. you got to hear this stuff over and over again. Study the Bhagavatam really carefully and then you can get some some samskar for it and then you start to get proper intelligent, sumedis intelligence, Sumedasa to understand these points and for Sukadeva it happened quickly. He heard a couple of verses and because his heart was completely pure and immediately he became a uh, pursuer of, of Gopi Bhav, a speaker, a prominent speaker of the Bhagavatam. Might take others a little longer. But. So the, um, the idea is that there is a there's, there's your movement in the material world. There is a cessation from such movement that constitutes suffering and exploitation and taking the realm of karma. And I, you know, I get it again. I mean, I get a mathematical, numerical example. That's like being in negative numbers, and then you come to the big positive, relatively, comparatively zero of peace, and then there are positive numbers. That's again movement, but it's driven in a different by a different. Uh, Different motive and by a different shakti. The movement here is driven by the by the Maya shakti. Hmm? The movement in Leela is di- driven by the by the Sarup shakti, by bhakti. So, you know, we uh, are we doing bhakti or is bhakti doing us? We're making an effort that bhakti will do us. That is the thing. <laughs> We're making an effort that bhakti will, will will bless us and take over our senses and move them in a way that makes sense. For the service of Krishna, take over our our antakar and our subtle body and manas and chitta and so forth, and and all of our movements within bhakti will be emotionally, spiritually, emotionally driven. So there is um, a transcendental lamentation. Uh, we find this very much emphasized in the Antilila of Chaitanya Charitamrita, about which Narottam Thakur sings. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the Gambira, what does he say? Gauranga bolite hobe pulaka sharira hori hori bolite nayane babenir. This is this Lola Samai. This song is called Lola Samai. It's a whole lamentation. 
Narottam is writing this song and he's thinking of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the Gambira. Gambira was a little room. Have you ever been there? It's a little stone room. It's like eight by eight or something like that. I think maybe eight by eight by ten or less. It's stone. He stayed in there. Such a small room with such a big idea. Such a big heart. You could see he could stay in a small place, but his love couldn't be contained. Hmm? And therefore, some of the reports are that the bio, from the notes of the of the of the witnesses, you know, th- th- this should be brought out. We got like how many witnesses we got of the Jesus, you know, that he came back from the death, you know, which is a pretty far out thing. And that's the whole Bible. That's the t- the testament. They made a testament. I'm testifying. I saw him. He died. He came back. What could be a greater miracle? Well, uh, we got a few. <laughs> so there's a, these are the, the testimony of of, of Krishnadas or or, or Sarup Damodar, uh, 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 Raghunath Das Goswami, Mari Gupta. These were firsthand testimonies in there, and what what they wrote down. Hmm? And then just the, just the, just the next half generation, Krishnadas. Kaviraj or Vrindavan Das Thakur, and they're taking from those notes and writing their Chaitanya Bhagavad and, and uh, uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita. And so in the Gambira, they tried to lock him in there. They locked him in there at night. His own devotees locked him in there because he was so mad. The, the method to his madness, Namsan Kirtan had had been reached its full efficacy, and in the Gambir he he was delirious, and so, and and still he locked, and somehow he he melted, he melted, and went under the door. I mean, they locked him in, and found him in the in the in a fisherman's net, in the ocean, on one night. And the fisherman was in Bhav, caught him in a net. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had gone to the sea and thought it was the Jamuna and jumped in. And he didn't drown. Hmm? They found him in a cow, cow Nagoshala. Hmm? Right? His arms were inside of his body and his legs inside of his body like a tortoise. I just saw one on the road. You can see them here this time of year. Hmm? He saw me and he went, I said, don't be afraid. That's <laughs> okay. Hmm? This is uh, this is a mentioned in the Gita. What is that verse in the Gita? Well, it's like maybe like second chapter. You know this verse? Oh, there's that verse. That it says the yogi, like a tortoise, pulls his arms in and so forth. And it's a reference to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. <laughs> to take it from Gyanakanda to Anandakanda. We do that too. But whoa, they actually physically go in. <laughs> this is how how much his inner bhakti was taking him away from the outer world. The yogi mentally restricts his senses from going outward by closing his eyes and plugging his ears. In other words, by going to a place, living in a cave where there's nothing to look at and there's nothing, nobody to listen to and, and so on and so forth. But uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu used his ears to hear about Krishna, his tongue to speak about Krishna, his eyes to see the beautiful darshan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, of, 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 of Jagannath. And he went so mad doing this that his senses, his arms, his active 
senses physically went inside of his body, contracted. And there was no scope for them to contact the sense objects and be distracted. Hmm? What was going on inside of him for that? And of course, it's revealed in Chaitanya Charitamrita what he was seeing. He was entering into Krishna Leela, having a, a spurti. He was entering into a into a prakash, a, a section of the of the aprakat Leela. Hmm? And so, this is these are these testimonies should be made known to the world. This this happened, uh, and there's more than twelve, you know, apostles of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu writing about it, and they were they weren't thieves either. They were literary. I mean, I don't know, some of them were thieves. I think they were literary men and educated and uh, poets and uh, and, uh, and so forth. <laughs> and uh, so, mm, Nartam is thinking of that Gambira and the lamenting of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the, in the Bhava Varada. And he's writing, When will that come within me? Goranga Bulite Habe Pulakashari. When will, by remembering Goranga, Goranga, will I experience, he, he, he says, Pulakash, all the Sattvika Bhavs that Mahaprabhu was experiencing. Mahaprabhu experienced Sattvika Bhavs in Navadvip when he started to become a Vaishnav. But not in a way hmm, that that made it impossible for the devotees to associate with him. But in Puri, we are finding the um, Sudipta. So these these Sattvika Babas will manifest um, one or two hmm, in different stages. Like it was could be the luminous examples given: smoky stage, the uh, Ujwal. Ujwali, the luminous stage, um, uh, dipta, inflamed, and sudipta, blazing. It depends how pervasive the they are, how many there are at once. And they were occurring in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu all at once, all pervasive throughout his whole body and mental system, times 1,008. I've said before, there's no comparative comparison Across culturally looking at different mystics, all of whom we honor, but in terms of being the personification of ecstasy, it's not that Jesus doesn't compare it to, to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, as we used to say, bow your head. I mean, we respect him in his contribution, but it's a little bit, a little bit different than Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It's transcendental, but, but in Mah- and the ecstasy that Mahaprabhu is. That is what the Goswamis were like, as I've said before, extracting and finding, locating on the map of the scripture and saying, this is this speaks about this secret place beyond Vaikuntha. Oh, hey, look here. In this Purana, it says Maha Vaikuntha. This is the Maha Vaikuntha. Hmm? And it doesn't even look like Vaikuntha. It looks like samsara. Hmm? It's aprakrita. It's the opposite of the prakriti, the material word, aprakriti. It looks material, but it's not. Hmm? And so, so in bhakti, then, the idea is there can be attachment. Attachment to devotees. On the higher end, we find all the devotees in Braj, they're attached to one another. They love one another. It's the question that comes in Rupa Goswami's explanation of, of the stai bhav, the dominant emotion. So you can have a stai bhava, bhakti, or 
Sakya Bhakti or Madhurya Rasa and so forth, and then there are secondary rasas and and so on. And after explaining all that, it's as if the thought came in Rupa Goswami's mind. All this love you're talking about of 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 Braj, for example, it's all Krishna centered. But then what is the relationship between the different devotees who are all focused on Krishna? They're all focused on Krishna. So what's their relationship? Oh, that is called Surit Rati. Love of the friend. Hmm? So they all love one another, and as, he, as the commentators have explained, this is a, a sanchari bhav, a sanchari bhav that augments the stai bhav. So they're loving one another, and in the context of loving one another, their love for Krishna is increasing and being augmented. Hmm? So it's very beautiful. So if you love Krishna more than your wife, and your husband loves Krishna more than he loves you then you got a got a good chance of making it there <laughs> you got something in common right hmm? you can well, it's a good reason to to love one another so to speak uh, so this is the power of bhakti then see what it can do it can it, bhakti no talker had 10 children <laughs> some of you've got a few you know what it's like it's pretty busy hard to get to the temple you know <laughs> a lot to do hmm. uh, and he wrote 100 books <laughs> About, so it, it's a, he, he is a testament to this, the power of, of bhakti. We take inspiration from him. He's a leader, head of our whole our whole community, Bhakti Vinod Paribar. Hmm. So um, to take it on, on, you know, on another level, a lower level, then we can teach that you're not the body, and we do. Hmm. But if you keep listening, then you are to understand you are the body, and through Diksha, you've got a new body. It's called, Deha means body. You've got a Sadaka Deha. A Sadaka's body means a spiritual body kind of in progress. Hmm? It's in progress. You can spiritualize the material senses by bringing them in touch with sense objects only for the pleasure of Krishna. Hmm? It's, this is called transubstantiation. That's quite miraculous. You see, you drive around here, you know, you see all the graves in front of the Baptist church. They're expecting all those bodies to rise up. It's a Siddhadeha notion that they have. Okay. It is, that's what it is. And yeah, they have the idea the body will rise up in and, and heaven and so So <laughs> They like us. <laughs> that's what I think when I see all those things. Yeah, that's what we're teaching. A little bit different the way it works out, but but uh, but there's a possibility of uh, spiritualizing the antakarna. Hmm? So because it's, you see, the gross body, the gross matter comes out of subtle matter. Subtle matter has the power to reflect consciousness itself. That's why it takes on a quasi-subjective nature. Hmm? We would refer to the pure spiritual realm as super-subjective, hmm? right? So I would indicate a kind of quasi-subjective, but if that subjective mental realm is all focused on the objective world, then it has a mundane character. But the whole teaching of yoga is the mind is this instrument that, that can be converted, right? The Gita says it can be the friend of the, of the Atma or it can be the enemy. So it can be converted. And when you convert the mind, the subtle body, the ego, I am Krishna Das. Hmm? I am Krishna Dasi, hmm? and so forth. We talked about that last night, the name, the na. And 
then it, it, what happens is that this, you, and how do you do that? Of course, you get active with the senses, hmm, serving Krishna, and then gradually the, the mind becomes taken over. And when the mind is fully taken over, yantakarna, then the physical body, which comes out of it, is now of a different nature. It has to take on a different nature. Hmm? Because it's, a, it's still a product, an extension of the subtle body. So when the subtle body becomes fully spiritualized, then even the practitioner's body becomes spiritualized. And that's why we take the saint's so-called material body and we put it in uh, samadhi and that's a, 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 it's a ritual for this and it's a place to go and worship and, and we honor the form of Rupa Goswami that passed away. You know, or Bhakti Vino in that way, and also in terms of their role in the Leela. Hmm. So, the, the power of, of Bhakti. So, therefore, we say you're not the body, and then keep listening and leave it to Gaudiya Vaishnava to sound contradictory. You are the body. <laughs> you are that body. Don't, you know, don't be attached to friends and family. Love your friends and family. <laughs> We're all, you know, so it's a. <laughs> There's a there's a crossover there. So you, you you have a body given by my my guru at Diksha. Uh, Mahaprabhu says when you take Diksha, then you get a spiritual body. It's one in progress, and then that initiation is complete, so to speak. The dibhyam, the, the transmission of this of the divine knowledge through mantra, when you've applied yourself uh, accordingly, and and uh, the body's only moving. For the pleasure of Krishna. So, I mean, what's spiritual? That's the whole thing. If your body and senses are only moving for the pleasure of Krishna, then obviously they're you're not they're they're not fostering a false identity, a false ego, right? That will be here today and gone tomorrow. They're not. Therefore, we call it spiritual. It's quite reasonable. But it's still, you know, it looks like this. Yeah, but, you know, spiritual doesn't mean like a ghost or something like that, you know, necessarily. Hmm? So it's it's driven by a different shakti. Hmm? And sure, it has a trajectory within time and space. Hmm? That's, a, that, that, that's a given, but it's it's only moving under the influence of the sarup shakti. Krishna says, Mahatmanas. Tumampartha daivim prakriti mashrita. The ninth chapter amongst worshippers, they worship me this way, this way, this way. But then there are the Mahatmas. And they are under the daivim prakriti, meaning sarup shakti, the moving in the world. Hmm? And so all those movements, and, and this is only for a spiritual purpose, so we, we see it as a spiritual body, so to speak. Hmm? And, and, even when it passes, it's put into samadhi. And if you've got a camera or a painting or something or a memory, hmm, you can remember that form, which was only moving for the pleasure of Krishna, and it won't be like remembering a material, material form. Therefore, it said, Kapila Dev told his mother, what? Hmm? That same attachment that we have for others, materially speaking, when transferred to a sadhu, hmm, that attachment to the cause of bondage 
when transferred to a sadhu becomes the cause of liberation. Hmm? So you all got to become sadhus and they'll be lovable. <laughs> uh, so there's a transcendental uh, attachment, right? Yeah. Asakti is a stage in bhakti. It means attachment. Hmm? When Bhakti Thakur explains it, he th- explains it through his song, Anadi Karama Pole Babanar, what is it? Jale uh, Anadi. So uh, he, he says, he speaks a whole song about material attachment hmm. and explaining the stage of Asakti, which is about spiritual attachment, by way of saying, it's not that. <laughs> you want to know what Asakti is? It's not that. Hmm. It's not material attachment. Hmm. So. It's subtle, so you know, I could say everybody loved one another and go, yeah, that's what I thought, you know, it sounds great, you know. Want to go out tonight, you know, or whatever. I mean, you got to get the, <laughs> got to get the philosophy here too. It's, it's uh, so. Anyway, does that help? Yeah, that's the answer tonight. <laughs> okay, so good to have you guys back. <laughs> okay, appreciate that. We were we were missing you we were for a short time. You were gone. Mm. We were feeling your separation exactly. All right, so Sisi Gaurana Madhava ki jai, Gauri Vaishnava Guru Parampara ki jai, Gaur Bhakta Brinda ki jai, Gaur Premanandi.